Well, good morning. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you that Jesus was a man of authority and that he used that authority for the benefit of others and the ultimate salvation of all those who place their trust in him. As we focus now on this passage before us today, may we each see this afresh and renew our commitment to love and serve Jesus and model our lives on him. Lord, please be with me as I speak and all of us as we listen. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, right from the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus being portrayed as one who had authority. This Gospel begins with the great John the Baptist pointing away from himself to the one who is more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. Next, we have the baptism of Jesus with God's voice making that great declaration from heaven. In this gospel, we don't have the full account of Jesus' temptations in the wilderness. Mark is way too focused on telling his story with animation and urgency for that extra detail. But he does tell us that Jesus was attended to by angels out in the wilderness. Another pointer to his heavenly and authoritative origin. This is quickly followed by Jesus announcing that the kingdom of God is here and he calls his first disciples who follow immediately. His authority is seen at every point. There is nothing mild or weak about this guy. Last week, Chris took us through the amazing story of Jesus having authority over darkness as he cleansed the man in the synagogue. This story today is the same day as they left that synagogue in Capernaum. Chris and I have been very blessed to have visited Capernaum. It's on the northern shores of the Sea of Galilee. In biblical times, Capernaum was one of the main trading villages in the Gennesaret area, which was a vibrant, populated and prosperous part of the country and was home to about 1,500 people, many of whom were fishermen. But there were also many travellers and caravans and traders who passed through Capernaum on the main trade route which connected Damascus in the north with Egypt in the south. The archaeology that has happened there has found the synagogue surrounded closely by several houses and it is thought that one of these belonged to Simon and Andrew. It was fascinating to stand there and reflect on all the ministry that happened in that town. A church was built on the site in the 5th century to try and preserve the sacredness of the place. And now there is a modern octagonal Franciscan church built there with a glass floor in one section so that you can look through to see what was thought to have been Simon Peter's house. And it's likely that this house with Simon and Andrew uh, was Jesus' home base when he was in these parts. Now, this particular day, as soon as they got in the house, once they'd left the synagogue, Jesus was told about Simon's mother-in-law who was sick in bed with a fever. Not only does Jesus show his compassion and mercy by healing her, but the simple fact that he could and does heal her shows his authority. There was no other way this could happen. 
Miracles cannot happen if there is no authority for them to happen. And can I say, that is why I cannot heal. I don't have the authority to do it. Even though I too might have compassion and mercy on someone, I cannot heal them. All I can do is rely on praying to the one who can. This beautiful story of healing shows Jesus' authority now in another way. The crowds saw him deal with evil in the synagogue. Now he deals with sickness in the privacy of a home. And it is a beautiful detail in the story that Simon's mother-in-law expressed her gratitude and love by serving Jesus and the disciples as soon as the healing happened. Healing, though, is never arbitrary. There is a purpose. Our lives are to be dedicated to love and service of the one with authority as we recognise our dependence on him. Jesus, though, didn't just heal her so they could have some dinner. He healed her because his love and compassion compelled him to and his authority enabled him to. And her heart of service shows that the healing was complete. She was indeed fully recovered. Her response was one of gratitude and servanthood. But it's no wonder that the crowds then gathered in multitudes at this home as soon as the Sabbath was over. Did you notice that it was at sundown that they all came to him, both the sick and those oppressed by demons? The time for healing which was seen as work, was for when the Sabbath was over. And the word has got around, and the whole city came and gathered at the door. We know that the number of people must have been huge, because the text says that he healed many. It was thought at that time that the population was around 1,500, but as we've noted, this was a busy trade route, and there would always have been travellers passing through. And you know, Netflix didn't keep them indoors. People were always out, engaging with others and responding to the latest news. The crowds would have been intolerably huge. No wonder our now famous Jesus, teacher, healer and demon remover, needed to slip away to a quiet place to pray. He certainly didn't crave the crowds. He wanted a solitary place to pray. The Greek noun used for solitary place is the same word for desert, eremos. It's the same word used to describe the place of wilderness when Jesus was tempted by Satan. Here he's seeking out that same sort of place, this time for meeting with God. It's a place for divine replenishment, just as it was following the temptations when the angels ministered to him. This makes it clear that Jesus' authority and his strength and his power don't come from some sort of magic, but only comes from God and God alone. The source of his authority is in God. As I was uh, contemplating and praying in preparation for this week, I noticed something I haven't noticed before, and I found it revelatory. 
and I asked myself, how come I hadn't seen it before? As I looked at the word authority, I saw another word within it. And of course, the word is author. And I realized that the only one who can truly have authority in any particular area is the one who is the author. The writer of a book, the author, knows the story better than anyone else can ever know. For Jesus to have his authority to be the healer, the teacher, to calm a storm and rebuke and remove demons, he has to engage with the author of all. He must commune with his father. Authority comes from knowing the author. Authority comes from being the author. With the crowds being there the night before, I have no doubt that it would have been a late night. People don't leave early when that sort of thing is going on, do they? But the text tells us that it was very early in the morning while it was still dark that Jesus left the house and went off to a solitary place to pray. Sadly, though, it couldn't last because he was chased down. It seems that Simon and the others thought it was a mistake to go out to a solitary place to pray. The NIV translates verse 36 saying, Simon and his companions went to look for him. Now that all sounds very tame, but the Greek isn't at all tame. The Greek word is katadioko, and an accurate translation would be that they hunted him down. It suggests that they may have been flabbergasted that they couldn't find him at home and they went on an urgent manhunt as soon as they realised he was AWOL. They want him back where the action is because it will look good for them, no doubt. Even telling Jesus, everyone is looking for you. But the word used there in them saying, look, is a very different word to the way their looking was described by our writer. The word they use for everyone is looking for you is zateo, which is a much less urgent word than how they were described. The disciples, I believe, are urgently hunting Jesus down because they want him to continue increasing his popularity. It looks so good for them. But Jesus isn't interested in pleasing the crowds and he calls them on to an itinerant ministry of preaching through all the towns of the north. He knew that despite the amazing reception he got in Capernaum, he can't get stuck there. And he needed to carve out this time of prayer. And it was that that gave him the clarity to know what was next. He's determined to fulfill his mission. That's why he says, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Jesus refused to be treated as a miracle worker. He knew his task. He knew his mission was to be the saviour. And the way to achieve that was to preach the good news and he committed to doing that across Galilee. His authority was innate because he stayed close to his father, the author of all things. And because of that, he then declares to the disciples that they're going on a tour, preaching the word, driving out demons and healing the sick. The source 
of Jesus' authority is clearly shown here. In fact, the whole of chapter 1 declares it. The first few verses show us through John's declarations, through God's declarations, and then as we see what is achieved, Jesus' authority is self-evident as he lives it out. The good news cannot be static. Jesus will not be distracted by fame or the demands of some, and he fulfills his purpose at every point. And together as his people, we praise God that he does. Amen. Lord God, we thank you that the authority of Jesus comes because he is the author of all things. May we declare that faithfully as we live out our lives dedicated to him. In whose name we pray. Amen.